This is Gabriel Canada. Formerly of Natalie. And this is kind of epic show. This is our first live event. And we appreciate everyone showing up tonight. And without further ado, here are the filmmakers going to introduce themselves in the movies. Go ahead, Larry. He's still eating. Oh, hey. Yeah, I'm still eating. I'm Larry Jones. Max Culberson. Daniel Head. Terrence Muncy. We're all here tonight to enjoy a zombie double feature we all created. Um, Hell Walks the Earth and Hell Walks the Earth 2 Dark Side. So. The reason that they are up here on the stage is that uh, joint, they will be coming back to join us after the feature. Um, after both of them uh, have screened, they're going to have a live panel discussion for around an, an hour. So they're going to talk about both of those films and also just mm -hmm. filmmaking. We're going to go live. Uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be the best part. Stick around and that panel presentation. Yes, you all have to stick around. For, uh, for posterity, for um, the DVD, because this first film that you're seeing is nearing its 10th anniversary. So Almost. A lot, a lot to celebrate in terms of the local filmmaking community. Um, we preface at the door that this one, the first one may not be bicycle for the kiddies, so we're going to make sure that they are they have an appropriate adult escorted with them. But, uh, but before that, uh, further ado, we are going to hit the lights, and uh, you guys are going to see what you Thank you guys for all coming tonight. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Forward to your questions and the answers later. The guy, the people who have not seen the movies, what do you guys think about the films the overall? Three of you. <laughs> <laughs> the three people at the top, the, and the fourth guy was a zombie. The three, the three people who had not previously been infected. Yeah. Hey, see down here. Um, it made me laugh a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it, imagine. It, it, what it costs to make those films, you'll be amazed. <laughs> we put those together um, for nothing. For nothing, dude. Nothing. I mean, it was amazing, and uh, we we love doing it. And we just want to make sure everybody has a good time doing it and making other films and seeing their films. And we just always wanted to do it. And uh, if it wasn't for Danny and the rest of the guys, you know, we would never finished it up. So. This is this is your Avengers uh, after credit scene right here. Yeah. <laughs> no, Nick Fury is not in this scene. <laughs> Y'all forty seven old jacks. I was really impressed with that. Zombie Nick Fury. All right, how is everybody tonight? Everybody have fun? Is this on? Yeah, it's all on. It's all ready to go. Just We're thought on. I'd give. We've a... actually been recording for the last five minutes. Oh, how? Well, that's usually how we work. But I wanted to give a formal introduction here. Uh, this is kind of epic show. This is our podcast. We've been going for about a year and a half now. So you can find us on iTunes and anywhere podcasts are available. Um, I'm David West. I'm Gabriel Canada. And feel free to introduce you guys yourselves. Daniel Head, Terrence Muncy. 
So you two are responsible for these two films, Dark Side, Hellwalks the Earth 2, and um, you can't have Hellwalks the Earth 2 if there isn't a Hellwalks the Earth 1. That's, that's kind of how sequels work. Right, right. Interesting math on that one. And I kind of wanted to, to talk about you. Um, you had mentioned earlier that this is about 10 years in the making now. You'd started yes. in originally the concept in uh, 2004. In 2004, uh, I got a couple of guys together to create this story. It was originally called Zombie Skull. And, uh, of course, we changed it all up over the years. I didn't have the money to make Hell Walks the Earth. So I decided to take some of the actors I had and put some money, a little bit of money, well, not much money, together to create uh, The Shack, which was my first film I ever worked on. It was a short film. And Danny helped me edit it. And I knew it was a, a good combination to work with him again on the film. And with the success of our short film, The Shack, we, we created Hell Walks the Earth. And the money that we made from The Shack, we made Hell Walks the Earth. And uh, if it wasn't for Larry and Max and Joey and Wade and everybody out there, Mike, everybody, Sean, you know, it, it would never happen. And a lot of other cast members who are not here tonight, but I, I'm really happy with the overall movie being my first film. And... Um, uh, I want to make I make I make more and I'm gonna make more and then uh, uh, I went off to do bikini monsters and Danny called me up yeah and I said what do you think about uh, me taking over and doing Hell Wars 2 so I got with Larry and Max and uh, yeah with the ones that played Mike and Sheriff Lucas from the first movie and uh, we sat down came up with a little story a continuation you know Wrote the, wrote, wrote the little screenplay and uh, got to work on that the next summer and uh, had a lot of trouble with it. We didn't wrap that one up as quickly as we'd like to have. So that, the, the, the production schedules on these two were kind of radically different. You talked about um, yeah. you did essentially a proof of concept in 2004 and then you made the finished project about, about 2007. So you did essentially a reshoot and then were able to release that in, yeah. in roughly a year. And then um, with Hellwalks the Earth 2, though, you started um, in, in 2008. Well, or 2000 it would have been nine, yeah, because the first one that, you know, once we started, um, we started we started shooting in, what, June of 07, mm -hmm. and we released it in May? May. Uh, May of 08. March. It was March. It was March, yeah. 26, 27th, like Eight, nine months later. Quick. So, June or July, whenever it was, of 09, we started principal photography on, on the second movie. And it was, what, October of 12 when we finally released it? Three now, years later. Now there are a lot of folks, uh, three including, years later. including ourselves, who are kind of invested in the project because you got a lot of people to get together, as evidenced tonight by the the very graceful uh, cast members who who um, decided to, to come and, and support you guys and uh, and the effort that everybody's putting together, um, including uh, at the end of the table there. <laughs> you even yeah, had a couple of zombie that, extras from from kind of epic. I was in that big uh, group of people there at the end. I remember going up and there's just a mass crowd of people. I don't know if everybody made it in, but there were so many people there, and we all had to go through this audition process. And I accidentally tripped over somebody, and I think it was Chris Burton. I tripped over him and even stepped on him. And See, that's, that's why I never his name before yours in the credits. Right? He was hurt. It was the entire time I had just had this big, like, shit-eating grin on my face. Like, I was real goofy, and I couldn't help it. It was fun. 
And uh, in talking about goofy zombies, uh, could, the, I think that my favorite has got to be the one that is practically indestructible and has managed to survive in a prominent role in both films. Can you talk about uh, why, why, how you decided to, to bring the continuity together? You had not just the uh, the sheriff, but uh, oh, Billy you Ray. had you had a, a certain um, a certain prop and a certain character who decided to come back. Well, Billy Ray, yeah, the Billy Ray character. Billy Ray. Right. There's a friend of ours, Bobby Easley. He's also a filmmaker here in Indiana. And uh, we just cast him in the first film, and it was just so funny playing such off a, Sean. He was a great zombie. Yeah. He was such a great zombie. And he, he was, played off Sean's character so well that, you know, we, they brought him back in the second one. Right. Well, yeah, in the first one, he, or, I'm sorry, uh, Henson freaks out, drops his keys and his gun and all that. And um, and that's the last you see of him, right, I think? Yeah, that's it. Right? He's all so, holding the key up in the air. So we gun. thought, yeah, so I don't remember who came up with me, you or Max, I don't know. We were like, let's bring him back at, at the end and have him be the final zombie that falls down. <laughs> and he's got the keys in his hand. And what, um, what, was there a level of improvisation with everybody because you have all these volunteers who are shuffling around and have their own have their own idea? Did you do any, like you said, you did an audition there. Was there any kind of training process where you're like, we want you to do X or we want you to do Y? People are shaking their heads. <laughs> I don't even know. I, were you in charge of that? I don't. I don't remember. We we did auditions. Uh, to show them the zombie walk. Show, show us your zombie walk. Basically, went in boards. It was uh, you know, we lined them up, ten, twelve, crossed, and then it was uh, do your walk. And as they did it, if they were good, they got an A. If they were the worst. All right, you, yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me. Oh, I'm that. sorry, David. Yeah, yeah. You I, I, yeah, I, did. <laughs> you did. I was in the back. Oh, that's so nice. Like so there's always next. Time. There's always that <laughs> walks the Earth three, right? In space. We had a good sample of that cryogenic freezing process that would be required. Yeah, if you know, if we did it, I think I'm gonna have Sheriff Lucas. You know, 300 years in the future, have been frozen. Solid, and there's a space station called Dark Side. Just skip to you no, know, do do the Jason treatment. Just skip to ten. So you would be it would be Hell Walks the Earth ten. Yeah, yeah we could do Wasn't that. Leprechaun number four? Leprechaun yeah. four, yeah, Leprechaun in space. But wouldn't that be funny? A zombie infested space station called Dark Side, and then there was only one person that could. That it's on the it. dark side of the moon. Yeah, clearly. and uh, well, that'd be funny. Dark Side of the Moon. Hell Walks Earth three, and they got we were going one man, like some kind of ancestor or something. Like we need Sheriff Lucas. He has a big beard, like Chuck Norris or something. <laughs> of course, he has to have the tank top in it. That would be funny. I, I, I'd shoot it. Now talking to you guys out in the hall, yeah. I, I've come to realize you're huge Star Trek fans. He is. I, I, so, I like it, but he's a fan. So were they purposely? Oh, they purposely shirt. in oh, red shirts. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. All right. <laughs> Again, I don't know which one of us came up with that. Maybe you. I don't know. Max. I'm glad. Come on, okay. come on down. The price is right. Yeah, uh, Max Stolzman. He said, uh, uh, "Yeah, our survivors." Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, let's put them all in red shirts and then kill them all off by the end of the movie. So all these people that. They encounter that none of them would make it. So, and that's kind of what we did. And you are not wearing a red shirt, so you you must survive the rest of the panel. Someone's dying in the next room. I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Give me my money back!" Wait, it was free show. <laughs> But again, we were really happy to see the, the community involvement that, that you guys had um, in terms of, especially for, for the different communities that you shot in. You shot in Indianapolis, Greenwood, Everywhere. and Franklin. Everywhere. And, both I mean, movies. really both. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> everybody was superly nice. I mean, it was just like, hey, we're shooting a movie. Larry had a lot to do with that, a lot of people he knew. And uh, and it was just, it came together. It was a, it was a perfect project, so, I think. Well, Larry's the mouthpiece. We send him in to do all the talking. <laughs> Is he, 
Yeah. Do we have him in the audience? Right there, yeah. Do you want to come on come up? Sure no, it's hard, hard to do this without without the yeah. uh, the star of uh, both films here. Uh, uh, you know, so everybody, Rick Grimes, Rick Grimes, everybody. I mean, Sheriff Lucas. <laughs> you, you started a Rick Tatorship before uh, it was cool. I know. <laughs> that is true story, though. Hell Walks Earth was created before The Walking Dead, and uh, and it's just kind of funny that there's a sheriff in that city of people needs help and stuff. So. Now, part of the reason I wanted to bring you on stage is I think one of the most interesting anecdotes um, that people may not be familiar with is the fact that um, you guys had a run-in with law enforcement during the production process. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so if you, can, if you can talk about uh, a little bit about um, the surprise that, that um, the folks of Franklin got. Yeah, we, yeah, we talked about the Franklin. We, uh, we went to the Franklin mayor and the city county council and got it approved with the chief of police being there that uh, we could film next to the courthouse and the state office building there and they closed down the street and left barricades out and so we're out there starting to film. Right, it's a whole opening scene where, yeah. where Lucas rescues Ellen, the little girl. Well, I'm squatted down and run over to the van and um, one of the police pull up and starts moving the barricades and, and so I'm like, hey, what are you doing? So I start walking over and he's like, don't walk over here with that gun. I'm like, it's a movie prop gun. We, I, I we, specifically remember him saying, don't take it out. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was uh, this? He's heard that many that times. Point, you're like, Wait, it's then, not real. And then, oh, you, God. And then yes, you, you pulled that out. Um, I've been in law enforcement for 20-some years, and I thought, screw it. I'm <laughs> so you are our first line of defense in case of the yes. eventual zombie apocalypse. Is Amtrak? Hey, that would be a good place to be. So the zombie invasion attacks a train station, Larry Jones Jr. <laughs> is that is that you know we could do if we're talking about before they get to the train station, you know maybe that's the bridge vehicle, you know space oh. train. I you know the it. train only goes in and out of Darkside. It's mm -hmm. one way, you know. So. Yeah, one road in, one road out. <laughs> what what is the geographic location of Darkside? Between so Martinsville and Bloomington. Undetermined. <laughs> You're implying there is some place worse than Martinsville in Indiana to, <laughs> to live. So this is this is a scary. Well, place I visualize enough. If you look at a map of Indiana, I would say it's in between Martinsville and Bloomington. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So I, I because the because the tree line and the mountains and stuff. So. All right. What was I mean? Did you have a favorite location that that you guys shot at? The tunnel. No, that's a good tunnel. story. Horrible. The, the tunnel. tunnel. The tunnel was a great story because I'll let Dan. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm the one that was assaulted by a, a mass of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> they were cave crickets. Um, yeah, the tunnel scene where Chris Lytle's character, the the MMA guy, mm -hmm. he gets killed there. Well, they're going in right before the tunnel scene and. Um, God, um, so we're going in, we're shooting, um, I think, I don't remember who's in the tunnel. You're in the tunnel, you. Susanna's in the tunnel, Great. and um, Sean. Sean was in there. And we got Deputy Hanson sitting up. Right. <laughs> so, so we're in there, we're, we're filming, we're filming, and I'm thinking, this guy here, he's yelling shit down the down the uh, tunnel, and saying, so we're probably, I don't know, 20, 25 feet away, probably. and I'm like, something just hit me, I'm like, you're throwing rocks or something, I'm like, what? the hell and this happened like three times and i'm like what are you doing and then all of a sudden was it you or Susanna that seen him all of a sudden it's like ah there's spiders or whatever and then we're and it's you got to crouch down it's like maybe five feet high and there's like this 
nest of, I guess found, we found out later they were like crickets. They were like They looked like crickets. spiders, whatever the hell they were. So three girls come out There was screaming. like a, three girls, including <laughs> me. There was like a hundred of them, like right there. And I was like, oh my God, they're fucking, they're falling on me. <laughs> and I'm wigging out. Now, and I've this seen, is on video. I've seen your film. I'm guessing that you didn't actually use those words. <laughs> there may have been a few F-words yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we come running out, and it's on video, and I post on YouTube. It was, it was, it was actually there that day. They did. Yeah, yeah, they didn't yeah, start yeah, falling yeah. until I just got back shot. from Florida That's and they were filming that scene, so it was kind of funny watching them all run out of this tunnel. I thought someone shot a gun that did that yeah, inside the tunnel. Well, that was the second time. Yeah. That was when and he got mad. Danny was too afraid echo to go back bullet, in. You know, <laughs> so I went in with Susanna. Right, yeah, Susanna, you guys actually went in and went past yeah, me and the, Susanna uh, went past them, and then she started shooting, and then that's when they fell on me. Oh, you okay? So, but I didn't scream on you. Really. No, <laughs> it's on YouTube. <laughs> It's funny. So talking about filmmaking experiences, um, I know my first short film out of film school it ended up being with the uh, Indianapolis 48 Hour Film Project. It was like that summer right after I got out and we drew a ghost movie was our category. Oh, yeah. And uh, I wanted it to be somewhat comedic going out and it ended up just turning completely serious in the process yeah. of film like shooting it of course we only have 48 hours to do it kind of kind of just flipped but it also turned out to be really creepy and kind of had a pedophile grandfather ghost <laughs> <laughs> not intentionally but watching it now, this film film now that i've never seen before <laughs> and i mean it wasn't at all intentional did you check this guy before you <laughs> yes yes i was i Jerry? was the, he was, he was the producer so he was the one who picked us up after that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow but uh, what challenges did you guys face on keeping the tone of your movie the way you wanted it to be? Oh, well, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> the first one was supposed to be more serious. It was supposed it to be really serious. Of... Deputy Henson, man, made it a comedy. And, uh, and, and uh, shoot, shoot first, ask questions later, Sheriff did it. <laughs> and, and, and Wade and Joy's characters yeah, were, were like... Played off each other very well. Yeah. I feel like your entire staff of that particular Sheriff Department, actually, um, what was the, the name of the, of the receptionist, oh, Tamara. Tamara. Character's name is Tamara. Yeah, Tamara. <coughs> she was a last-minute cast. I mean, she came, she was one of the only other actors who came to the audition that got no, that party. Right, yeah. And he scared me. By the way, he scared me to death on that day. Um, I was setting up at the Holiday Inn to do a casting call in 2007, January that year. March. And this police, uh, it was January we started the casting before we started. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was. And it was, it was real cold out. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but uh, this police car followed me into the, the parking lot, and uh, I was like, okay, he's just really following me. And he pulls in, and I'm going in there, and I'm setting up the table and getting all the stuff ready for like all the application or not uh, the reading and everything. He comes walking in in this. In this Marion County outfit, and the first thing he says is, is Terrence Muncy here? And I'm just like, nah, I don't know where he's I literally, I literally said, I, I think he should be here in a little bit. Oh, oh, did you, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you lied to him. He, he, I mean, it was, yeah, he come in, and, he, and I, he literally had this, like, look on his face. He wanted the part. And uh, he, because and I wasn't expecting he had a real cop come to an audition, so I'm thinking, he I did something wrong, you know. He's really it's Terrence Muncy here, you know. I, I'm just like, oh, he'll be back in a little bit, you know. And then I was like, well, I'm here for the audition. Like, well, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a true story. Man. And I taste him, no. Yeah. <laughs> 
And he yeah, he did scare some. There was a card show going on at the same time the audition, so he was scaring some people with his screaming, like, get out of the floor, the gun, and stuff. And it was really funny. And then Latasha was uh, one of the other actresses that we picked yeah. that day. Oh, and Susanna there, too? Susanna yeah, Susanna, Susanna, those three. He was the beginning, and she was the end, yeah. yeah. And uh, we had a couple people show up, but that was the three that we picked, you know. I to say more again along the filmmaking experiences. Like, how much of the the dialogue is just improvisation as well? Because there seems to be just a lot of it is. There is a script. There is a script. <laughs> we promise. There is a script. I have proof of that. Yeah, there's a script. And, uh, it's not a disclaimer. Mike there really a lot is a on script. That script there's, there's more improv in the first in the movie. First one, yeah. yeah. I, I felt it was more realistic. When in a situation, I, th I thought yeah. when you're watching the film, it, the cussing and the over excessive cussing and the over excessive cussing worked with the film. You know. If the apocalypse happens, yeah, I you're know. gonna say that quite a few times. <laughs> There's no FCC you know, during I mean, the apocalypse. Nobody could really follow up. Right. So a lot of that so. wasn't scripted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, Most of yeah, that scene. I, don't, I think your direction was like, be scared. Just be scared. <laughs> and say it. And Wade turned into you know Hudson from Aliens, and it just went right. just went into. Yeah, you told me. Uh, you said that just I want you to be Hudson from Aliens, you know, and just go at it. And you did. You played it off, and everybody loves the the effing parts. And, and uh, you it, need to put it on a t-shirt. Yeah, you should. You're right. There should be Pet Walks the Earth on the back. It says we're all effing effed. And uh, you gotta get out. Of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta get out of here. It's your like uh, they have the tagline from uh, the the Night of the Living Dead is like their home kinds of messed up. Like that's that's your yeah. tagline. Yeah. <laughs> well, we wanted we put the thing at the beginning. Is that from Night of the Living Dead? The or the, no, that's from Day, that's from Dawn of the Dead. Okay. And uh, um, we we it was kind of crazy how they came up with the title for the film. And, uh, and over the years, I mean, there's been a million zombie flicks since Dawn of the Dead. And no one, and literally no one has used Hell Walks the Earth. And it's in the, the you know, when there's no more room in Hell, the dead will walk the Earth. Hell right, Walks so, the Earth. Yeah, right. And it's like... And it worked. And I'm, I'm glad, it. like, yeah, we wanted to use, and we put that phrase at the beginning. That, and that's why we took the Peter the Televangelist, who we played mm -hmm. by Ken Forhey. That's why it's up there, you know, to show that we, you know, we wanted to, that we did give George Romero his mad prompts for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also to put our quote after yeah. it to say, hey, look, this is kind of how our movie is. Yeah. This, you know, by that quote, it's like, okay, you kind of want to know what you're getting I tell into. you what, if, out of all the films I've worked on, Hell Walks the Earth was really fun. I mean, it was. We went in knowing, knowing that it was going to be this. I didn't know what it was going to be. I just we we come, we come together. And it was just like, uh, uh, yeah, you know what? We're shooting this. You know what? It, what? it seems to be kind of a family atmosphere because you got a lot of. Oh, I know. It's like it, I love working tonight. with all these guys. It's like it's it, it's it's fun, and it gets stressed sometimes when people get upset at each other. And, and but you know when you got this vision and, and you just and you find good people to work with and, and work the vision out, I think you overcome things and and, and I think we have a good project and, and, and it may not have made it to DVD shelves yet but it will and tenth uh, year is coming up for me because 2004 was the original I started it and I am going to have a colored version and it's going to have a lot of scenes you've never even seen yet and it's going to be re-edited and it's going to be a whole new director's cut. And it's going to be double layers. It's going to have all kinds of, like, this panel's going to be on there. Uh, Hell Walks Here showed in Rhode Island in front of, you know, Diary of the Dead. It's a true story. And, uh, and when, you know... Oh, Diary of the Dead's a true story? <laughs> no, that's really... <laughs> no, but should it, get on that, guys. It, it um, uh, we, may, we may need to uh, make it to uh, the, uh, the uh, basement the parking lot or the basement. So Hell Walks Here has had a, a, a good showing in theaters in the eastern and southern America. Um, we Florida, Rhode Island, a bunch of premieres here. You're, you're repping Midwestern zombies. So. Yeah. 
we have we probably have a much more friendlier walk, I think, than the East Coast guys because oh. they seem so aggressive. I mean, they're really just trying to get to their destination. <laughs> you guys, you dawdle. I mean, you you meander. You, I mean, you uh, when you attack the uh, the truck initially, um, you're like, eh, I'm done. Well, we'll find some place that's easier to kill people. The funniest thing about that truck scene with Sean being in the truck, half the zombies are the cast you're seeing out here. <laughs> We're all got wigs on and, and you know, just like if like you want to assault the stage at the end, please do. But um, but uh, I I won't be responsible for any injuries. <laughs> that was a fun scene. That was a fun scene. Now with. Using so many of your own friends, have tempers risen and maybe have hurt <laughs> friendships for the long term? Uh, no, I, I mean, there, we have had, we had issues. some issues. We've had some issues. We had some issues on the first one. We had some issues on the second one. And, you know, it happens. It just, you just happens. Stab it. You just have to get over it and yeah. move on. It's it's the David West uh, equation. We lose we lose one friend for moving. <laughs> we just kind of plot it out, and so we're like, no, which, I, which I, one is it? It's this not time? worth it. And I think we had a conversation uh, yeah. about it. it's like it's not worth. It's not worth it. These movies aren't worth you know killing friendship over. Yeah. So it's like let's just do this and get it done, and and uh, yeah, it happens when there's not any money to make these films. It it gets bothered because people don't want to show up, and they don't want, they got family things going on, and they don't want to finish the project, and. And then they, because there's no money involved, and, and luckily that we have some good friends that would like to come back in and do these things and, and make their time and you know and just to do it. And it is, and if any, any you know if we've made anybody mad over the years. It's it's not like we wanted to. Now you did make one of your venues that you filmed that angry apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you said you were yeah. banned from one of the places. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm not allowed to hand out. Well, you're, you got banned. I don't think I got banned. Damn, you didn't get banned. Damn, <laughs> you didn't get banned. Yeah, Wade did. Wade did. Did you get kicked out? <laughs> yeah, Wade. He didn't even do anything. <laughs> That's right. You were like, yeah. I was just here. Yeah. I was just here. We're showing up for the haunted house. Yeah. And they, we... We, you know, when we first got the, we, we, we knew that the Hannah House would be a great location. And, to shoot. and it was. It was a yeah, perfect location for three days. And we had three days to film. And we made a deal with them. And on the deal was that we would send people to represent War Ranch Productions to work your haunt for the season. Which right, right. there was. There was a good five or ten people who did it. Right. Trade off, we get to use your place yeah. to film in. We'll come volunteer for your haunted house. Well, I get it. I, I take over a Halloween store that year in 2007 and uh, become manager of it. And I can't leave the store to go work this haunt because I'm working Friday, Saturday nights, and that's the night they wanted me. They call me up, getting really mad, like, hey, you need to be down here. It's like, no, I've got guys down there to represent us. Like, no, you got to be down here. Now, I don't have to be down there. I've got people representing us. You know, I mean, what's... so anyway, they didn't like that. Yeah. And then they, well, said, me and Wade, they said, don't come back. Me and Wade come down there in costume, ready to work for a Friday nights. I took a night off, and they just, just. Told me I'm never allowed there again, and I, I volunteered there once, and it was kind of fun because it's like you get—I almost got like uh, a good experience out of it because they left me in the basement. They forgot me, and so I started hearing footsteps, and I'm like, "Is there somebody down here?" It's <laughs> like, "Oh, oh, I got a free." I get, just normally, it's like seventy-five dollars. The funniest thing is, I worked on a film in 2010 called Creeporia, and they used the Hannah House, but I had a mask on. And I was actually in the whole time for, <laughs> for weeks. Yeah, weeks didn't even know it was me. The guys are it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> we were we were celebrating that, but it was funny. But that yes, that's true. I I, I was not allowed to come back to the Hannah House anymore. Yeah. Now we filled out a lot yeah. of questions Next here to our, our filmmakers. Um, I was going to see if you uh, or me and David had a few questions here for um, this eponymous star of 
Hell Walks the Earth 1 and 2. You are the glue that binds these two feature films together. Don't hurry, Gizzy, go up. You and a certain older twin brother, which I think is a very fun biological feat, by the way. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. but yes, um, how um, how did you get involved with the process? We already talked about the, the casting call, but um, how did you how did you feel about getting called back to, to do the second movie? What was your what was your reaction and uh, and was your experience um, getting involved? Well, when we did the second one, um, like Danny said, Danny, Max, and I talked about it, and, and um, Terrence, I think at the time was living in Florida, and we said something about us doing three and or two and he said okay go ahead and so Danny Max and I sat down and we started um, writing and and um, the writing turned into more some more BS sessions than the writing <laughs> sessions I just uh, said you can't kill anybody that's all I said so, so some nights well, we, we didn't kill Terry. get anything done <laughs> uh, a lot of nights we did and we decided that if we were going to do it, that we had to have uh, Susanna back, um, who plays Mary Beth. Mm -hmm. We had to have um, my son, Sean, who plays Deputy Henson, that's sitting up there with his arms crossed. <laughs> and uh, we wanted to introduce a new character, which um, originally, in the first one, was the little girl crawling across the floor that I shot and killed, was Danny's daughter, Emily, who becomes <laughs> Ellen, and she's sitting over here to our left, um, hiding in the dark. And um, which, which frankly, after seeing you eat somebody, is rather terrifying. <laughs> I must say. So, as a matter of fact, the the in the first one, I don't know if anybody saw caught it in the second one. I think one guy when he was watching goes, "What's that woman dragging?" In the first one, she's eating on um, a woman's leg that's supposed to be her mother, and the mother at the time is pregnant. Oh, which oh. is Sean's wife, my daughter-in-law, and she was pregnant with my grandson that is sitting up there. Wow, yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. crazy. So, <laughs> was this not meant to be in the script? You're learning. There's a revelation at this point about this scene. You get a whole backstory to one of your zombies. That's and, awesome. Uh, so, she was the zombie mom that was walking there at the end that we run out. And she Oops, has already had the baby, and she is dragging the baby by the umbilical cord. Oh my God! <laughs> and we've got we want, the baby. We to show it, but not the baby was played by Joey Jessup, by the way. He's, he's right here. There he is, right there. Yeah. I, I just thought it was like a no. I, I, I thought it was a dog. I didn't. Well, <laughs> I thought it was like a dog that might have been like killed and just being dragged. Yeah, like they were out walking their dogs. And and you'll notice where the tube is going up to. My uh, son put Vaseline on and fake blood, and we got a plastic tube coming out of his stomach, like the umbilical cord. Good. And it's at home in a um, in a little plastic box <laughs> that we had the zombie mom autographed the top of. And um, was that actually was that at the um, uh, was that at the convention where uh -huh. you guys at? Yes, because there was yeah. definitely a jar with something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got around to asking. That was the baby. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the baby. She was pregnant in that one too. Yeah, she was pregnant in that one with my my granddaughter. That's almost three now. <laughs> so no number three because I don't want any more kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, they've got it. They've got an equation too. They get a new a new family member every every Much time they make a movie. Much better than mine. 
I guess filming just turns them on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when we do three, Sean, get that going. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's just he was found a really interesting way of looking for his keys. I, that might be my suggestion. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, I still have them. <laughs> <laughs> you can eBay that as a prop, I think, at this point. Get that on Hollywood Treasure right now. It <laughs> was a good time. Uh, in the second one, the, the older lady that was in that, that was one of the survivors. Mm -hmm. Um, that's that's my mom, his grandmother. Um, so, yeah, there was quite a few. Um, we've been trying to get um, Danny's son down there to to do something in it. And Danny's son did have a role in the first film. He is the stunt double in the back seat. Very best car. <laughs> yeah, if you slow motion the scene where it's going past the dark side sign, he's driving. He's no, you're driving. I'm driving, I'm Mary Beth, and he's in the back seat, the car seat. So he's, he made it into the film. It's a very convincing movie. Now you see why Sheriff Lucas and Mary Beth never hooked up if he was playing Mary Beth. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was wondering, with uh, the characters, uh, well, the brothers, being played by the same actor and everything, was that taken from uh, Return of the Living Dead, having characters come back and basically playing themselves? Actually, I think I think they, they probably subliminally did that. Because, uh, how, how did we? Yeah. I mean, uh, short, we, short answer is he had to have a role in the movie. <laughs> Originally, when we and Danny talked about the original script, there was a brother. It was, I think it was Victor or something like that we talked about. Might have been. And he changed it to Merrick for the film. We, we kind of played around with the idea of... Mike coming back as like a super zombie. Right. <laughs> we, we talked about that. Yeah, you about know, that. just like one that you really More can't stop, than, you know, yeah. until you reverse the. And we also played the his curse. father, too. So. Yeah. There, and yeah. And then we just kind of ran with the twin brother, and we're. He's this recluse you know, that lives on the edge of town. If there's that a third one, it's going to be a twin sister. Or you're like, well, actually, I'm a few years older. Chronological difference. You had a longer production period for the second one. It's not like they called you back and like, we need to make sure that your facial um, hair is, you know, in the exact same thing just for continuity. Oh my God! There's no yeah. continuity. There is no continuity. No, because I was doing some other projects and some wanted my hair longer and some wanted my hair shorter, and so I think every time we filmed, my hair was. Yeah. Everything but well, you, had a, you had a crew cut there at the end. They it made, made, it made editing very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you said the funny, the, the least fun job editing was trying to get the, the dang book to uh, burn properly. That was the only book you'll ever find in your life that does not burn. <laughs> I sprayed. Well, I don't know. Starter be, fluid on yeah. it. I sprayed. Uh, Hell, walks here does not condone in book burning. <laughs> uh, some kind of oil stuff. And finally, it was like carburetor cleaner got it to burn or something. But it took us like what an hour and a half, two hours to get this book to burn. Yeah, it took it a was while. Forever. Yeah. yeah. But as far as editing goes, I mean that was shot on one day. The big mob scene was shot on one day. A smaller mob scene was shot on one day, and it was piecing that in. And yeah, it was a nightmare. I know we brought it up a little bit, but I think it would definitely. We would not be doing enough credit to to the finale to talk about uh, how invested they, the community was in terms of pretty much everyone that I, me or David know, including some of the folks that many of the folks in attendance tonight were were involved in terms of the screen. Can you tell again how many people you actually had? Because you didn't have enough. You couldn't fit everyone that you got makeup on screen. Right. Exactly. Time. Right. And, and I, was, I was like, I need to try to get everybody people. in. But it was it was over 300, 300 and change. I don't know for the whole movie it was between four and five. I really don't know 
an accurate number, but in that final scene, um, it was over 300. They, 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 uh, Greenwood, what the name South Park and Greenwood or South, whatever. South West Side Park. Yeah, West Side Park and Greenwood. Right yeah. off Main Street. Um, yeah, between. they told us uh, no more than 300. So, and then. That's we why had a I few didn't more. get to make it because it had already been. We had, a, we had a few more, <laughs> and, and um, yeah, it was a challenge. And I was like, I want to get coverage of everybody, and I want to try to get, you know, make sure everybody's even, you know, can freeze frame and see, you know, see themselves on every second. But, now, my understanding know. is that you had some, you had a transportation issue where you had so many people and you're trying to get them to this park. Some of the folks just got tired and decided that they would walk there themselves from where you were doing the, the thing. And there may have been one or two phone calls to the police in Greenwood about uh, dead people walking through the streets <laughs> of uh, that small town. Yep, walking down Main Street <laughs> from the gathering place down to the park. And um, we had already cleared everything through Greenwood City County Council again, the mayor. Um, Greenwood PD knew, Johnson County PD knew. We even had an off-duty police officer there. Uh, just in case we had problems. And uh, they said people were calling, going, there's bloody people walking down Main Street. And they're like, yeah, they're filming a zombie movie. <laughs> <laughs> we know there's zombies. Yeah, we know. So, so yeah, they got calls. But, you know, um, I tried to just like when I worked in the, on the first one with Terrence, I tried to make sure that wherever we were filming at, that local PD and, and everybody was aware that we were going to be there so it's very disruptive if you're filming and all of a sudden the police do show up. The Hannah house sounded like a firefight. I live in that neighborhood. I think I may have um, possibly made one of those phone calls. I'm amazed. <laughs> Even though we had people know that we were we were filming there at the Hannah house, we were shooting blanks and we were shooting lots of blanks. Well, the, yeah, the blanks were really loud. And, mm -hmm. and there was it just really sounded like a drive-by going on there, like two hours straight. I'm surprised we didn't get no problems out of that, you, you know. But, but it's good to get cops and people involved with things like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna echo um, David on this last one because we can kind of um, talk from the filmmaking perspective here. I mean, we talked a lot about um, a couple of times now just the family effort and the community effort in terms of getting um, getting us very much um, local. Like I said, you're representing Midwestern zombies for the rest of uh, the rest of America, but. Um, <laughs> What what are those particular difficulties in terms of, of making a movie in Indiana as opposed to perhaps somewhere else? And then David may have some questions as well, oh. just kind of in that process. I don't know. I mean, I, I've only shot here, so I don't know. I mean, you said it was harder down there with the permits and all. Yeah, well, the difference with Indiana and, and, and well, out of Florida, you have to have permits for everything. I mean, I had to have permits for, like, turtle mating season and stuff like that. It's, here, it's, it's easier here. It's, it's easier here to make a film, but you don't get the cool aspects of like swamps and oceans and stuff like that you just got cities and cornfields and crap like that but you know yeah down there I mean you you have to have insurance for wild federation or wildlife federation you got to have boat insurance you have to have marine insurance there's a lot more rules and regulations down there like here it's pretty easy yeah. to do here I'd say I mean and David you can kind of term it as well I mean we kind of would call it almost the wild west of filmmaking oh I completely agree I, I, I went to full cell down in Winter Park, yeah. Florida, and I was lucky enough when I was in school, they helped us with all the permits and helped us get that, but it was so much harder down there to actually get permission to shoot in various places. And one thing about shooting in Florida, I can tell you, if you mess up 
anything during that permit or that insurance or whatever you're doing, you will not get another permit in, in Pinellas Park at least, Tampa area, because they make it very, because they have to hire all these people like cops and people, representatives and city officials and stuff like that. I mean, we, we real literally blocked off a complete beach that is beachgoers. I mean, they were oh, wow. peed off. People were peed off. It's like, hey, you, you, we came here on vacation. Well, we're filming. Yeah. We have permits and cops would turn them away. So there's, it, it, it's better to film here, but you just don't get the cool location. I would say one of the, the issues that we've encountered is that you're talking about how, how difficult it is to do it on, um, your budget was somewhere between a stick of gum and, um, and a shoelace. Um, oh, but uh, Possibly. <laughs> but then um, there are, I mean, we don't have the, the subsidies. We don't have the, the government um, no. government assistance that we don't the have other a state's have even in the, well, we do, right. but well. it doesn't have, it has precisely one tax subsidy that they can offer as opposed to the neighboring states which have like four different. Well, they don't, they don't recognize independent filmmakers here. They recognize like other filmmakers. Mm -hmm. Like if you're from Chicago, you can make a film here. If you're from Ohio, you can make a film here. But if you're an Indiana-based yeah. character, they don't want to do it. I think the one thing they do is like they waive a certain percentage of, of sales tax from in the particular county that you're filming in. It's something something appropriate like that. But then there's like four to five other incentives that are kind of usual in either the Midwest or in Florida where you guys were working that we don't have. So what I mean, just how do you how do you think if you had a budget, if you had if you do um, eventually decide to make you know the one on the moon? I'm just saying. <laughs> We would like to be involved, maybe. But um, if you decide to do that, I mean, and you do have, have more of a budget to, to work with, it, are those constraints going to mean that you'd still want to do that here, or would you want to no, go or I would shoot somewhere, somewhere else? else? I would shoot somewhere else, for sure. It would just, because it's just, you get better atmosphere from other... I, I think it would depend on the project. Yeah, I guess Certainly, it would be a project. I mean, so. uh, yeah, I mean, if the locations are here, they're here. If, because if I, of, like, personal stuff going on in your lives, it's like, you know... It's a lot easier for you to like yeah. run down to Florida for a couple months. Like for me, no, I need to kind of need to yeah. stay here. I'd say so. It comes off as, as like you said, a little bit more genuine in terms of, of using people who, I mean, at least in this climate, may not have had the opportunity to have been on screen before. And like you said, um, was your first was your first film, uh, and then you used the money to make the second film. Yeah, um, the, we it was all just regenerating itself. The shack made the money to make Hell Walks the Earth, and then Hell Walks the Earth. Pretty much, we went off and did our own thing, but but you know, I used some of that to make bikini monsters, and you know, he went off to Hell Walks here too. And I worked with another filmmaker here, and we did X and then Bikini Monster or uh, Slice, my newest film that came out last year. And uh, again, on Amazon, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but uh, no, nah, I, 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 he's right. I mean, when you have more of a family, you would probably want to shoot here, you know, it's it's easier for that. To me, I would I would rather use the resources somewhere else. Like if I was doing a moon film, I would go somewhere where there's deserts, so I can use, utilize that. The dunes or the moon? <laughs> no, yeah, we don't have the money for that. You know, we choose to go to the moon to film this picture, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. <laughs> Kickstarter program. That'd be the video. Join the Kickstarter for the uh, the Hell Walks the Earth Moon Invasion, starting starting January 2014. <laughs> Ik ben ein Moonlander. Ik ben ein You got it. Wow. I, I couldn't pronounce that properly with my, uh, my Kennedy accent. Now <laughs> um, the Kennedy. <laughs> oh, so, see, he got really got shot right here, Kennedy. So, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's, the conspiracies were right. Uh, before we wrap this up, I, I just wanted to uh, touch on the visual differences between the two films. The first one is in black and white, and the second one is in color. What made you guys choose <laughs> to do... You, 
Well, okay, we shot the first one, obviously, in color. You shoot it in color yeah. and transfer in black and white and post. Um, he comes to me and he's like, what do you think we just released this in black and white? And I'm like, no, that sounds terrible. So he's like, no, we should, we should. So, so we look at the footage and I was like, I got about three minutes into watching the footage. I was like, okay, you're right. Black and white's better. Let's do it black and white. And, um, because it's, it's just better. And it saved me like having to worry about any color correction at all in post. So you know, I was like, okay, this is a win-win. And um, it was great. I think it looks, I, I, I prefer the look of the first movie in black and white. Now, everybody was like, it should be in color, it should be in color, do the next one in color, and kind of caved in a little bit. And isn't kind of that right? I wanted it black and white. Okay, but I'm just saying, but I think we kind of collectively caved in and said, okay, yeah. let's do Because we could make a black and white version easily. Right. Um, so it was like, all right, well, we'll just we'll do it in color. And, uh, and that's really the gist of that. The 10th anniversary of Hell Walks the Earth will be in color, so you guys get to experience it, what we really shot on. Um, so have fun with that. Yeah. So I mean, I can tell right now the same, but a little different. The lighting is going to be completely off on that film. So <laughs> you're, like, you're like the reverse of the BBC. You're like nobody will watch something in in uh, in uh, well, black and white. People, let's let's delete the footage. You're like you destroyed like the color footage. A lot of people are, won't pick it up because it's in black yeah, and white. Yeah, that's that's the it's problem. Like it looks I'm better in black and white. The movie came out in 2008, and Third I two of my films are already on Amazon. I can't even get Hell Walks the Earth. I can't get Hell Walks the Earth. Nobody to pick it up because it's in black and white, and that is. Every, just every, ship it to um, the BBC as a Lost yeah. Who episode, and then there you go. But you know, <laughs> It'll be the missing discovery. I've sent off probably ten copies to different distribution companies in the last three years, and all my response back, so my response back on, on it is, we can't sell this, it's black and white. We can't sell this, it's black and white. And I'm like, there's a lot of movies coming out in black and white. But that's just their reasoning. And uh, now I took initiative to start downloading the tapes again. Yes, tapes. And we're gonna, I'm going to have a colored version because it has to get, it needs to get out there. I, it, I suggest selling it as a sequel to The Artist. That was in black and white and quite successful. <laughs> yeah. There so you take go. note, guys. The Hollywood black and white film, so. But that, that is the problem with Hell. I mean, I, I really honestly think Hell Walks the Earth is good enough to be in the video stores. I've seen a lot of crap. So it, it, there's no reason why we can't, you know. You know, Sharknado and crap like that. You know, come on. We actually, this is appropriate because you are part of our. Um, we have a week, and we haven't decided whether it's an apology to the Sci-Fi Network for <laughs> having like like saying trashing them on our podcast for roughly a year and a half, including Craig Engler. I think is still one of our Twitter followers. Right. Probably not. I don't think he's still following. Us I have a, things a funny say. thing to throw in on the black and white thing is um, Bikini Monsters, my third film. It's filmed in color. And when I when I got the gig with Sandy Terry, Indiana's horror host, um, he didn't have a movie to show uh, our first movie, DVD. And I was like, well, I got Bikini Monsters. It's sci-fi edit ready. You know, it has no cussing in it. And, and we, we put it out the first couple conventions that was in color, Sammy Terry hosting color. And I'm thinking, man, what about we do it in black and white? Because <laughs> I really like the black and white thing. And we have sold more copies of Bikini Monsters in black and white than the color. Oh, wow. It's... <laughs> I'd love it if you could have Sammy Terry bring it. I, it would be weird to hear Sammy Terry cursing, though. Like, if he, if he <laughs> does could... He, does he curse? I mean, I know... Oh, well, I've heard him curse, <laughs> though. <laughs> Mike has heard him curse. That'll scare the children for different yeah. reasons. He does cuss as Sammy not, No, not in public, no. But he has slipped out the few words in front of big people before. <laughs> it's like the guys who, who work, um, who operate the characters on Sesame Street. They, they take pops from yeah. cigarettes in the characters after, after <laughs> yeah. it all. Yeah, but it is amazing how different a movie is when you switch it out, you know. 
to black and white. I really think Hell Walks the Earth was good in black and white, but yeah, I absolutely. But it's better in black and white. Yeah. Now, so we're we're getting towards the the end of our yeah. uh, presentation yeah. here. Um, how are we? How are we on time, guys? Ten thirty. Chance. 10:30. Record time. I want to. Hey everybody, um, I hope you all enjoyed that. That was our first kind of epic show live, Hell Walks the Earth 1 and 2. Um, there was a Q&A that was supposed to follow now, but due to technical errors of doing a live show in which we found out, um, the second half of this kind of turned out like... <laughs> yep, that basically covers it. Anyways, this episode of Kind of Epic Show was brought to you by... Tilt Studios. Yeah. Um, they let us record here and do the panel, so I figured I'd give them a shout-out. Tilt Studios in Circle Center Mall, Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, if you're downtown in the Indianapolis area, please check it out. It's a pretty fun place. They have laser tag. It's an arcade. Um, super friendly people. Anyways... Um, please give us some feedback on this, and if you'd like to hear more like this, we can make that happen. Anyways, uh, I guess I will let you all back onto the internet and continue on with your lives. And if you guys want to go watch Hell Walks the Earth 1 and 2, please find them online. They're, they're fun. Alright, well anyways, I'm done, I'm going to stop talking, and cue the music. Listeners, this is Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M I K U S, and you know the rest. Alright, peace out, everyone. Keep listening.